Welcome to Design Speaks. This lovely podcast is brought to you by a graphic design geek and a regular human being, aka a non-designer. We're here to chat about music, pop culture, cool places, and basically whatever we feel is relevant. Brandy C. Happy New Year. You are listening to a uh, sabbatical episode, our first of 2018. We wanted to put together kind of a best of little clips of some of our favorite interviews from the past year, 2017, our first year on this podcast. I think we had some really great guests on. Um, So I hope that you enjoy them as much as we enjoyed doing them. So here you go. We are going to have the amazing Colin Rigsby, a.k.a. uh, the lead singer and leader of the band Vespertine. Mm -hmm. So I am like huge into creative process. So I would love for you to tell us about like your process, like whether I guess more specifically, um, because we want to try and have you on again in the future, maybe to talk more about your music. But if you're able. Yeah. Um, I think I'd really like to talk today about more like your design, your designer side. So what Mm -hmm. does that process look like from the time that like you're contacted from someone that wants something from you to like your your finished product? Um, I'll say that it's all I've learned. I'm I'm always learning uh, and evolving the process and my approach. Um, I'd say I've kind of realized in a more tangible way how much uh, a like artist client relationship is about understanding each other or at least me understanding a client mm-hmm. and uh, really learning how to talk to them and how to ask the right questions to really get to what they want right and sometimes sometimes that ends up being like hey you don't actually want to hire me this isn't what you oh, need yeah, you know what for I mean sure. so <laughs> Uh, like I will just waste your time and money pretty much. And we won't, we both won't get anywhere. So, you know, so like it's a weeding out process. Yeah. I could just take on everything and, but Mm -hmm. it would get really frustrating. So that's one. uh, Yeah. The approach is definitely something I've learned. So I think it all starts with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as process goes, it starts with being like uh, figuring out what it is they want. What, what if they know, actually know what they want? Sometimes they don't. You know, a client doesn't know. They, what they often want and, don't know. <laughs> yeah, and that can be hard because they're like, "I hey, just throw some stuff together. I'll, I'll know when I see it." And no. It's like, well, that again, that's going to waste both of our time and yeah. money. And so that's like you know, over half of the process or the uh, procedure is uh, that communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah, as far as process goes, that's you know where it starts, and then from there, if if I can be like, okay, uh, we're on the same page now. I see what you are after. Um, it's all about just learning. Well, I think something to consider is again where they want to take it. Do they want to take something? So like do they the want direction? to take it to another place? Yeah, like, do they want to push the envelope or do they mm. just want something that works? Yeah. Uh, do they want to be innovative? 
do they want me to take a risk? Do they want to take a risk? Or do they just want this thing that they saw somebody else do and I do mm. it slightly differently? I'm okay with doing that, but it's just like figuring that out up front yeah. is important. I was telling Michelle earlier how, like, I was actually showing her, like, he, he's been doing lettering and I've been doing lettering, but you can definitely tell that he did this every day for a year and I do not. <laughs> Thank you. So That's did you, awesome how was how that, how, just tell us real quick, like, how was that project for you and, like, what did you learn from doing something like that every day? Well, the first thing I've learned is that doing something every day like that is exhausting. <laughs> Don't tell me um, that because then I won't ever yeah. want to do it. <laughs> but the, the other piece is that, yeah, I mean, any type of consistent practice um, with the intent to get be better and kind of like in that process, learning about it, looking up other people that are really good at it and kind of trying to mimic or improve like improve your process based on their workflow or whatever it's it's hard not to get better yeah if you do it for 365 days in a row or, or and the truth for me is actually 365 spread out of over 365 days so sometimes i would do like three one day and okay any for the next couple of days tricky but, I mean, <laughs> but you're still yeah, progressing yeah, and learning yeah. yeah yeah exactly so what i would say is uh that whole idea it's just kind of what I, what I would say, rather than just being better at lettering, that whole thing just kind of made really obvious to me how patience plays a part in being better at what you're trying to be better yeah. at. And it's so much, it, it's magic how doing the same thing consistently over a long period of time, you're going to get better and you're, it's, you're going to get dramatically better. And when you think about it, there isn't an industry today that isn't involved in the usage of color in some way. You know, it used to be that if you talk to industrial designers, uh, they really almost didn't get it. Why would color be important, you know, for mm -hmm. a very uh, boring kind of commodity? But I think that, the, you know, now everybody gets it, that color is really an integral part of what it is that we do. So it is important to get that expert advice because you can't just choose color, you know, off the top of your head. It has to be an educated decision that are based on many things. That's awesome. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I try to really push on, not only this show, but um, with students and with, with other designers that I share with, because I often find that they do kind of tend to choose colors based on maybe their preferences. Um, uh -huh. So what would you say is something that you would say to designers that say, um, you know, I just I chose this color for this logo just because it felt right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think that feelings do enter into it to an extent. I mean, some people just have this great sense of color, and they've had, if they've had a lot of experience, I can understand they're saying it felt right. Mm -hmm. But it can't be the only decision. I mean, there's so many things to evaluate. When we work with clients, we have to ask a lot of questions, not the least of which is, uh, who are your competitors? And so that we can check out what their competitors are using in the way of color. The last thing you want to do is to duplicate what your closest competitors are doing. Um, and that's something that sometimes is, is, you know, is not thought about. 
Um, we also look into certainly the psychology of color. What is the inherent meaning of the color? How do most people perceive of that color? So the psychology of color is really, really important, as well as upcoming trends. Now, it doesn't mean that trends are the end-all, be-all, that everything is based on the hottest color trends. That is a portion of what we look at, but it's not the only thing that we look at. Um, we also have to look at, um, you know, just kind of the overall messaging that you want your product or your brand image to convey. Uh, so what colors need to be included to get that really important message over? That, that again, is like an offshoot of psychology of color. But it's all a very thoughtful process. It's not something that's done just because you, you like that color. I like the way it looks together. Uh, that, that just can't be the, the end result. Because you also have to explain to a client why you've made your choices. Absolutely agree. And in order to create that rationale, you have to give some pretty good reasons behind it. You can't say, you know, I just like the way the colors look together. End of story. All right. So there you have it. A lot of our best of, some favorite clips. Thank you, Michelle, for uh, taking time, even on a sabbatical, to edit all that stuff together for our uh, our awesome listeners. Thank you guys, as always, for being here. We're super glad that you've stuck with us um, this long, uh, almost to a year. And we have so many more great things coming. Lots of really cool interviews um, that I'm setting up right now. So I guess we will uh, chat with you more next week. And I hope you had a wonderful first week of the new year. Bye-bye. Fade in a grim mystique, but we go, oh, oh.